完璧などありえないこの世界は不完全だから美しいバカバカバカ何俺は海賊王になる待ってなんと恋しさなの力を渡した時に言ったことを覚えているかいクレ違うそこじゃない変態遅いはい。And joining me on this episode is a man who spends his time devouring pastry, streaming up a storm on Twitch, in between lifting all of the heavy things and creating beats so full of soul they make from software jealous. His viewing habits mainly focus on comedy, science fiction, thriller, and horror, with a few of his personal favorites being Cowboy Bebop, Lupin, Bubblegum Crisis, Trigun, Ghost in the Shell, and Akira. You can find him on them socials at Mr. Shark, which is S C H double A K for those playing along at home. And as a friendly reminder, he may or may not be Batman. Mr. David Shark, welcome to Riverside Studio. How might you be doing, my friend? I'm very well. How great is it when someone else introduces you and it's like, I sound real cool. I sound <laughs> way cooler than what I think I am. It is It is a, a highlight of the podcaster game, especially when you are coming on as sort of not the lead host and you get to sit back and, and rest on your laurels and uh, hear about all the things you may or may not do. It's, uh, it's, it's very touching and endearing. I'm a big fan as well. Yeah, it's funny when you just hear it coming coming back because I was thinking, how's he going to introduce me? I, I don't do anything. I eat a pastry uh, you, you do many do thing. things. I think you're being very humble, very humble, like... Like, uh, you are a very creative and multifaceted individual, and maybe we could start things off by that, and you can give us the, the, the background story on yourself and what you do and where people can find you and anything else you wanted to uh, share with the audience. Yeah, so um, my um, look, my my whole life has been a veritable fruit salad of obsessions. Um, I can never just have a passing interest in something. It's <laughs> it's like I, I either like don't get into it or I go deep. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm 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 going to do it properly. And you give me a topic, and I'll just go delve. And which actually works really well. Like my my job in the, the real world is a creative director in advertising, so I get um, briefed from companies and people based on topics. So that's actually really, really good for my, it's kind of like real ADHD way of looking at the world and looking at careers <laughs> because I, cause I have to go deep on whether it's ice cream or sandwiches or cars or this and that. And I have to understand it and love it more than what they do in order to, to be able to do what I do. So, but that's, I think the only thing I'm really, really great at because that's been been my whole life. Like across the my like many years, I've I've gone down deep on, like I've done ninjutsu really, really deep. I've learned how to weld. I've done podcasting. I've done all these things. But as my wife will tell you, um, I don't. She's like, oh, he's doing another thing now. <laughs> he's going deep, which means expense of buying a whole bunch of stuff and learning how to do a thing. And then it's like, oh, what's this over here now? I'm, it's like a really obsessed squirrel. It just like looks around. <laughs> is your uh, is your garage full of just all these old hyperfixations? Like if you open your garage or your shed, it's just like, oh yeah, I remember that time I loved this or oh, that yeah. time I was all about that. Absolutely, I've got like there's I've got all these big black crates, and they're labeled with a label maker of it. And it's like 
There's like the magic one where I've gone and I've got like this, this like like magic books. Like actually, I ended up I, I helped a magic store owner with some of their some of their branding and stuff for um their store, and they gave me store 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 credit. So I've got like like thousands of dollars of magic books in there that I didn't pay for because because I did a job. But it's like I've never read hardly any of the stuff that's in there, but I know I've got it, and that's I I think probably another kind of insight into me. Like I really understand, you know, like people who really love books you you're either you either buy a book and you read it or you just buy books because you have the potential to read them and they and, and they're around you and it makes you feel comfortable that oh I could reach over there and I could and I could read that I've never read that book but like I can I can completely understand that it's just the potential that when I'm in the right mood I can go deep on that topic now that's that's me as well like I've got a I've got a good extensive library I've read a a fair amount of them, but I've also got a lot of books where I'm just like, I bought them at the time going, I'll get to that one day. You know, I've got yeah. the option, like you said, I can I can reach over that shelf and, and pluck a book off and, and start reading it, or it can just sit there and look as a nice little art piece for now on, on the shelf as a whole. So uh yeah, I can I can empathize with you one hundred and ten percent. Yeah. And like all these buckets that that they are huge. Like everything is like you look at anime and you look at wrestling and you look at like death metal or something like something that feels like to the outside person like it's impregnable impregnable very very impregnable? very very hard to get into um and like i almost don't want to take the first step on any of these things because if i if i like misstep and find a, like a really bad version of it in there i just i, I don't want to just dismiss it i'm i'm not one to yeah. just go oh I, I hate that so just throw it away because someone else really really loves it and so, so, so there must be something about it. And like one of the really kind of like, so Frank, Frank Zappa, the musical artist, he's very divisive. Like people either love him or hate him, but people who love him, love him. So I was, I was massively fascinated about him, but never really got, like, I didn't understand it. Like I just hated it, but not in a, like, I'm never going to listen to why I'm like, that's really fascinating. I have to get in there. So I basically queued up his whole discography and he's got, 100 albums 120 albums i just queued them up in order and started listening to it from the very first album all the way through and it was about six or seven albums in. i'm like oh okay i kind of get what he's he's <laughs> he's at now and now i love him i've i've been to see zappa play zappa live a couple of times and like the actual him being a composer and button and trying to figure out a way to get people to love composed music was actually to add uh, like really funny almost gross cool lyrics over the top of it and being a bit quirky about it and that that was his way of tricking people into loving composed music yeah it's um i i admire that you you stick by it like a lot of people will will take that first lick of the lollipop and if they don't like the flavor they're like you know what i'm done throw it away and move on but i like the fact that once you're so focused on on a topic or a genre or you know a, a form, whatever it is in culture you're like you know what? i'm gonna give it it's due to sort of try and find where the gold is in this mountain because yeah, like, like you said, there's a lot of people out there that love these things. And, and I guess the, the science and the, the sort of the gray matter as to why is always just as intriguing as, as the material itself, right? Like trying to understand what is the secret source that makes it so globally known or famous or, or divisive or memorable. And then just trying to get to the, the crux of that's a, a thing in itself. Yeah. I mean, like, but a lot of that, like, and I, and I would say all of the really, really cool stuff is actually below the surface level. And but any, but but when you kind of like glance at a thing, you see the surface and you go, "Oh, I don't really like that." But like the gooey, delicious inners is just below the crust, and that's when you like. But I think a lot of people just kind of go into the crust of a lot of things and never really 
find the actual joy of it. Exactly. And I, and I, yeah. and I kind of fear missing that part of it. Yeah, you, you, ne- you never want to miss out on the good stuff. You never want to miss out on the the next big fad or the next wave. You want to, want to get in there and if you can get in there early, even better, but just ride that wave out and, and enjoy it for all its uncertainties and weirdnesses and awkwards and quirks and everything else that comes with it. So Yeah, uh, and like, anime is exactly like that. You know, from the outside observer, it's all just like crazy colors and tentacles and stuff, but it's not. Like you just kind of, you kind of push all that aside and go, okay, so what is it actually about? And it's fascinating. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's uh, what's what's the next big thing you feel that's going to grab and hold your attention for a while? Is there something that you've sort of been on the periphery for a little while now, like debating: should I jump in? Do I jump in and explore this world of of product or, or genre X or Y? Is there something that you've been thinking about diving headfirst into for a while? Yeah. Uh, actually, there's two that are happening right at this second at the same time. And they're kind of and they're kind of related because the same person is guiding me through both of them. Um, so I started just just recently getting tattoos because it's, it's like I've never done it, but always found them fascinating. It's, again, it's one of those things I've looked on the outside and kind of gone there. Like I, I love people with tattoos, and I think they look so cool when they're done right. And there's like there's a real kind of specific aesthetic, and even if it is like a little bit countercultural, but a little bit self-expression. But I was always too scared a of the pain. Because I hate needles, I pass out all all of the time. Fair, but also like I love just the like I was too scared of finding or, or getting the wrong artist again, like trying to, like getting the the wrong way in. So, but I found a beautiful artist who's um showing who's like doing brings the stuff that I want to life. And I was really obsessive about like the first one I got, but then now I'm just kind of like yeah, just throw some stuff on. Like we 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 have discussions, and she's kind of. Go, how about this and how about this and like a thing that i thought was going to be real small is now really big and it's like oh i'm glad we went really big i'm glad i listened to you because that's the other thing that i've that i've kind of learned from um being a creative director is like like oh yes yes i've got an opinion on how this should be but the way i'm going to get the best result is if i tell you kind of what i'm aiming at and then just let you go because then a creative person will bring the best to the table like i'm not going to micromanage a creative person because I've chosen them for a reason. The hard part is choosing them and then you just let them let them go. So now I've got a good artist and she's doing some amazing work, but she's also teaching me about at the same time the world of death metal and black metal, which is something that I had no idea about, but I saw all these people and people get really obsessive about it. And I was like, that feels really fascinating. But to me, it just sounds like a lot of yelling. But now she's teaching me a couple of things and like guiding me in through like bands like like Mastodon and Baroness, and now I'm kind of really into Cult of Cult of Luna and Russian Circles and all these kind of things. So I'm slowly and like you know Mayhem just toured Brisbane and all these things. So like I'm slowly figuring that out as well. Like it's funny because you because like you you look at my last year's Spotify Wrapped, and I think <laughs> this year's Spotify Wrapped is going to be massively different because like last year it was like Run the Jewels and Beastie Boys and all this kind of stuff, and now it's like crazy yelly music. That's that's just the the evolution of David, you know. It, it's a it's an ongoing thing, and uh, yeah, following those new passions and and hobbies and interests is always a good thing. So anyone out there listening, yeah, if you are hesitant to jump in and have a go or try something new or unknown to you, just just don't worry. Just just dip a toe, see how you go, and if you don't like it instantly, just dip more of the toe. Dip, dip more dip. of the body in. Yeah, just dive in head just first. Dive that's the way in, I do head things. First and swim. Yeah. yeah, you might hit the ground. It might hurt your head, but at the same time, you're fully in there. And uh, just yeah, like David said, just just start swimming. Breast then you got a story to tell. Whatever. Yeah, like exactly. anime. Let's let's dive into anime. What is the worst that could happen? Yeah. So so let let's sort of pull this back to uh, yeah what more than hentai is about. So for first time listeners, 
outside of us just riffing life and everything else right now, this is a podcast that is focused on opening up your eyes and ears to potentially new anime IP that you, you might have not gotten around to watching yet. So the, the show here in itself is we're going to be doing a singular deep dive focus on the first episode of an anime in question. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and everything else in between, unpack what our thoughts were on the episode, and, and if that was enough to hook us to continue watching the series and sort of, you know, getting to that end goal. So, uh, yeah, before we jump into the the sort of title in question here, maybe we can talk a little bit about your anime backstory there. And, um, yeah, like we were talking offline, you were... Out in the weeds early like me, like many decades ago, yeah. very big anime advocate, but you sort of had a little bit of an end point in the, in the sort of 2000s, and now you're making your way back to this beautiful world of anime again. And um, that, that list that I rattled off as far as some of your favorites, like the murderer's row over the, the 80s, 90s, and, and early 2000s there, like you mentioned Cowboy Bebop, Lupin, Bubblegum Crisis, Trigun, Ghost in the Shell, Akira, all these big tentpole anime franchises and uh they're all at the top of your list eh yeah it's kind of funny i was writing them out and going and just thinking am i just being basic about this have i have i just chosen all of the all of this the standard ones but it's like they're just good for a reason like classics are a classic for an absolute reason um and i, was, I guess like my like the start of my anime journey and it's funny because i was listening to um uh, the episode you had with benny on and he was listing like how he originally got into it and it's like oh, i had really like similar entry point to him like it was back in the back in the 80s and it was absolutely battles of uh battle of the planets which was the uh that, that it was like kind of kind of a remake or a renaming of like the japanese i think it was like science team ninja something um and then like the 80s was like astro boy and transformers and voltron and all those things that were kind of it was like the next step from like saturday morning cartoons like like the masters of the universe and all those kind of things. And then, but there was this kind of weirdness about those that was just, they were slightly just not made for the Western culture. There was something just interesting and you were originally drawn to it because it was like big robots and things and, and stuff that you haven't seen. So that was the first part of it. And then I think during my high school years, I think uh, like I, I saw uh, Castle of Cagliostro at a friend's house and he had it up on the projector up on the wall when his parents were away. And we, yeah. we, we watched that and that was fascinating. I still one of my favorite animes and then um and then I, but then again i didn't really because it, it was like pre-internet and all that kind of stuff like i didn't there wasn't just the way of just going okay well i like this how do i like all the other stuff like the algorithm wasn't there to help guide me and i think it was, it was weirdly i was i was trying to think about this when just just before the episode and i think it was originally remember the 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 website slash dot um which was really big in the in like the mid to late nineties when uh, the original people owned it, but they started what what is I think one of the precursors to podcasting. They started a show that you could download called Geeks in Space, and this was before um, like RSS feeds could feed you stuff. So I had to manually download the MP3, record it in real time onto a mini disc, and then play the mini disc player in my car with an FM thing. So I when I was driving to my girlfriend now wife's house i could listen to it on the way and it's it was dedication like right a, there yeah exactly right like again obsessive nature like once you really want to do something you'll figure it out but they introduced me to the concept of like cowboy bebop and lane and trigun and slayers and all those type of things so like that was like oh man these shows are cool and so then i was instantly on amazon the us buying stuff in conversion dollars and getting um 
imports of these things. And then I also there was a play, there was a, a group called the Mel- the Melbourne Anime Society, and I'm not sure if they're still around or not. But um, like back then in the 2000s, like we would go to Melbourne Uni and sit in a theatre and watch anime there, and you could rent so and good. you could borrow anime and so so that was kind of the deep dive there. And then and then we kind of like we you know, life does its life things and business changes and you have families and you kind of drift away from it. But you never, like, even if you drift away from it, you, you never lose the love for it. It's just, you'll, you'll be there when I get back. You'll be mm. there. And I'll, it's and just I'll in one of those black labeled tubs in your garage, like yeah, some absolutely. of those other ones, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's there waiting. It's there. It's there. One day I'm going to open that tub back up and it'll be fine. And, you know, just recently I've started to get into it again. And so it's like you are now the the guide of me coming back into it and i guess like recently i've watched um cyberpunk edge runners yes and um it's it's so good it is so so good good. it's like it is so authentic to because i used to play the pen and paper role-playing version of the cyberpunk game and it's like it's got all that in it because i was like how good is this going to be it's like oh no you've got everything that i want in here it's got all the the craziness all of the the everything that and I've watched Spy Spy Family as well. I, I love that they're they're probably at two of the, the oh, yeah. bigger ends of the spectrum, but they're both yeah. equally as great. And yeah. you can get so much entertainment out of both of them in a whole host of ways. And um, on your list, like you, you mentioned, Trigon, like obviously Trigon Stampede is out now, where they've remade or, or sort of continuing on the story of Vash. Oh wow! I've okay, watched I the first two it. episodes, and it's it's more of the digital animation style instead of the typical hand drawn yep. yep but it looks great it nails the tone of the original trigon because yeah. I, I love 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 trigon the original series one one of the best and i was very hesitant to jump into uh trigon stampede when i saw it pop up uh it, it came out a couple of weeks ago on Crunchyroll, but i've watched the first two episodes i'm like you know what this is this is really good this is really fun the tone feels very nostalgic in all the right ways the same old, same old bash that we're used to and everything else in between. So, so definitely peak that when you get a chance on, yeah, on Crunchy. Yeah, it's got the. I think it's what three or four episodes of the of the sub version, and then uh, the dubs drip feeding out as well a few weeks behind. So, uh, depending on your preference, it is there and it is pretty good. Pretty yeah, I'm kind of want to watch the subs, but not through any. They're just again through this puristic form of like I have to get it right and I have to watch it the right way, but. I should watch the dubs. It's so so much easier to like glance away for a second and yeah. then go, wait, what wait, what happened? I didn't understand that. That that's my biggest problem. Like when there's some of these really especially the big emotional taxing stories where like it feels like if you miss that one key line or that one key reference on a sub, you just go, What the hell just happened? Like I don't know the context anymore. I don't know the mood in this scene now. So having yeah. to rewatch on a sub can be tough where at least the dub, like you said, you can be reaching over to your phone or, you know, listening to something else at the same time. You can be 90% in, 10% everywhere else and it can still give you that same uh, emotional impact. But also, you know, like anime is such a visual medium and I find myself looking at the bottom quarter of the screen the whole time and almost missing all of the beauty and all of the action that's happening up there with like all these cool designed robots and stuff. I'm reading, making sure I've got all the words mm-hmm. down. Yeah. My, uh, my, my goal this year, part of my, like, I'm not going to say new year's resolutions. I hate that. But no. one of my 2023 goals is to finally start learning Japanese. 
Yep. So I could eventually maybe watch it, not even having to rely on the on the subtrack down the line. I can just listen to it with the Japanese yeah. vocal track and get that full emotional delivery because those those Japanese voice actors are just like you know god tier as far as the yeah. the cadence and the the weight that they can add to their their voice lines. We get some good we can get some good subs, but like for the most part, you, you hear the same ten dudes and dudettes playing all these characters anyway, and the emotional like impact is not always the same. There's something about the sound of it too, like just spitting out a Japanese line angrily. It's got that like that, that kind of attackiness. Yeah, it's got that sort of similar like aggression to like like German as well. Yeah. Where you hear some of that, and you're just like, "Whoa, shit! You've got yeah. my full attention." I don't know if you said hello or you're gonna punch me, but like either way, like you've got all my attention here. Like it is impactful. It's got a really authoritarian tone, and I love it. Exactly, where where this English sort of tone is, uh, yeah, it doesn't have that same weight to it. But mm. uh, yeah, we're here. We're here to be talking about a title this week that uh, I've sort of cherry-picked for David, known as Psychopass. And it is a Japanese cyberpunk psychological thriller produced by Production IG. It was co-directed by Naoshi Shiatani and Katsuyuki Motohiro and written by Gen Urobushi, with character designs by Akira Amano and music by Yugo Kano. Psychopass originated from Production IG's interest in making a successor to Mamoru Oshii's achievements with Ghost in the Shell, as well as taking influence from Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. The series debuted way back and has gone on to span 41 episodes across three seasons, as well as several movies, video games, manga, and light novels. It currently holds a score of 8.34 on my anime list, and that is based on 734,000 user reviews so it is very 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 well regarded the story of psycho pass is as follows justice and the enforcement of it has changed in the 22nd century japan enforces the civil system an objective means of determining the threat level of each citizen by examining their mental state for signs of criminal intent known as their psycho pass inspectors uphold the law by subjugating often with lethal lethal force anyone harboring the slightest ill will Alongside them are enforcers, jaded inspectors that have become latent criminals, granted relative freedom in exchange for carrying out the inspector's dirty work. Into this world steps Akane Tesunmori, a young woman with an honest desire to uphold justice. However, she works alongside veteran enforcer Shinya Kagami. She soon learns that the civil system's judgments are not as perfect as her fellow inspectors assume. With everything she has known turned on its head, Akane wrestles with the question of what justice truly is and whether it can be upheld through the use of a system that may already be corrupt. Now, David, we have watched the first episode known as Crime Coefficient. What are your thoughts on this one? You can take this journey wherever you want. We can jump straight into the good, straight into the bad, the narrative, the soundtrack, the animation. Where do you want to go? But give me your thoughts on episode one, Crime Coefficient of Psychopass. All right, I've got one question off the bat. Is it Psychopass or is it Psychopass? Because, <laughs> it because depends the title, on the mo- It certainly is Psychopass. Because the title is in capitals. And it's, yeah. that's, that's the first thing I noticed. It was like everything else was upper and lower, everything else, and Psychopass was Psychopass. Yeah, it's, so it's, that's how it's I say it emphasized to, to, to no end. So, so maybe I'm doing it a disservice. So yes, the episode... And of the anime in question we're talking about, known as Sucker Pass, is yep. Crime Coefficient, which is crime also in caps. So, yeah, yeah. angry, um, emotive, kind of, let's go. So, I was really strict on this, and I didn't watch any further in. You said watch watch the first episode, so I did. I'm nothing if, if not I a stickler. That. I love that um, about you. And I also I didn't look 
at what it was about before I watched it. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to click it. I'm going to load it up on Crunchyroll and, 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 and watch it. So like the very open, like I love the music. The music's cool. It's kind of really energetic. It's, I love the line in the song, which was um, like uh, uh, the uh, about the fake plastic world. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought that that was a really cool line, and I, and I didn't because I hadn't didn't really know what it was about. Like I, I saw how that started to un- unravel and unroll as I watched the episode. Like you know about how like you you're living in a fake plastic world and na 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 plastic world and but like the the song's cool it's just got like high rock voices and it's it's energetic and it's set to um visions of like i got a real blade runner vibe straight off the bat like yeah just sweeping shots of the city with all the lights done up and like just real neon neon inspired um but then i kind of going into it like as i first i saw um like you see uh shinya kagami the character I got a real kind of uh, Spike Spiegel, Cowboy Bebop vibe from him because he was in the suit with the tie and the hair. I'm like, okay, where's yeah. this going? Is this is this a take on this? Is it going to be a little bit like that? But it completely wasn't. And I kind of went on this ride where the, then you see him and he's and he's fighting this other dude who weirdly like this whole intro section happens and then it goes away and then you watch the rest of the episode and it doesn't really refer back to it. So I'm like, well, that's yeah, really interesting. It's, it's it's a pretty pretty jarring cold open where it's just yeah. they throw you straight in and you're yeah. like, who are these characters? What is going on? And then they're overlaying the, obviously the, the opening credits in amongst this where you're seeing, you know, director notes and yeah. the, the the lyrics in there too. And you're sort of like, ah, uh, I beg your pardon. And then, yeah, um, seeing Kagami battling this, this random helmeted adversary and then- yeah smashes him through the window and then you know that's where that's where it sort of changes off and then it shifts shifts the tone again and at that point i was in you know because i got like when when they were facing off and they were doing completely it was like a king of king of fighters like kyo versus iori battle that they're that they're having like these these two guys know each other and they're about to have their final showdown battle and so i was like in like music was was it the line as well where yeah you see um sunomori uh, talking to Kagami and he's like, you know, we're we're linked by fate. Like yeah. you get that line, you're yep. like, oh, there's the stakes. There it is, right there, straight off the bat in like the first ninety seconds, almost. Yeah, and then that's never referred to for, for like the rest of the first episode. So I'm yeah. like, oh, oh shit, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. So, so I I feel like I should be credited for not watching more, but um, I didn't. So I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch more. By the way, yeah. let's just bury bury the lead. I'm not gonna bury the lead. I'm gonna watch more of this show. I, I love that. I love that. And, um, um, yeah, I, I admire the hell out of the fact that you just sat on the first episode. You did a couple of rewatches, and yeah, it just just hooked me. Same thing. Like, remember watching it way back in in I, th- I didn't watch it the year of. I think I watched it maybe a year or two later, in maybe 2014 yep. or whatever. And same thing. It just hooked me right from the get go. That that neon palette that. Blade, like Blade Run is such an easy comp and I had yeah. to do that as like a master analysis in my year 12 English class. So I watched Blade Runner, fuck, I don't know how many times mm. over the years, maybe like a hundred. And the fact that I just got that straight away and just that, you know, bleak, downtrodden Japan combined with this, yeah, future that's in a bit of dismay where we've got AI mixed with, you know, what it is to be human, that, that constant byline, that constant like, yeah, what is what is life whole type of thing going on and yeah. then just that real gritty, grungy, dirty future that 
is, is very scary to think about. Like I remember with Blade Runner, like that was set in 2019 when it was mm. shot in, in the 80s. And you said, oh, was, was it actually 2019? Because I was, I was actually talking to my wife last night. Going, when was Blade Runner set? Because it feels like it was the, like now. And yeah, not, yeah. Wait, 2019 was, was the year that, uh, you know, Decker and the replicants oh, and everything else are doing their thing. And it's like, well, we haven't got to that level of chaos and, and bleakness yet, but we're probably not too far away either. No, it's, but you know, I'll, I'd like to see the prequel to um, Blade, Blade Runner where it's all just people dancing to TikTok in, oh, in a vertical yes. format. I believe that's yes. just the prequel to it. Yeah, I would not be sad about watching that. I love Blade Runner. Even, you know, um, you know the the sequel was, was yeah, great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, think they're are they making a third or are they making a tv something anyway but a lot of blade runner homage in psycho in psycho pass definitely psycho pass. and it just feels great so after that after that cold open and, and that banger of a of a opening track very synth wave dominated dominated sort of soundtrack throughout the show and it just sort of really um echoes this world really well i think it's it's a great contrast and and really elevate some of the scenes and, and the character moments but then yeah then it sort of shifts and we we jump to we meet um Sunomori, who's one of the the lead protagonists she's, she's a new sort of female that's on the beat and, and they sort of go to this this tower where there's a crisis and there's a kidnapping situation and it plays out from there what did you think when we jumped into sort of her in direct shoes and they introduced her and and this broader thing in regards to the the enforcers and their dominator um guns oh, yeah, which is also it. like yes they do get pretty quickly into kind of what what it's about and like i think that's one of the things i really loved about this show was that it it kept unraveling different layers that got in more interesting and more interesting as it kind of goes along so um they've got a thing called the public safety bureau um and it's kind of to me, it felt like, I don't know whether it was a social commentary on or whether it was just because it's just a theme, but it felt like um, the, the China's social social credit system gone, taken to the, taken to the nth level, where, like, where um, you can be, but this time, like instead of other people rating you, they've just got machines who can just test you and see whether you're a latent criminal or how, it's kind of like how happy you are or how like anger and things give you... I think it was something like it clouds your your psychopath, so you've got a psychopath score. Exactly, and the higher the score, the the more at risk you are of of creating like uh, you know committing yeah. a serious crime, whether it be murder or anything else in between. So anything, I guess that's that's double digits is fine. But you see, typically once it creeps above that that hundred rate, your, your color of your psychopath changes, and also that threat level, and with that, the damage that can be done to you as far as you could be taken out passively and. I guess uh, what's what's the word like? So it was either paralyzed or eliminated. Yes, yeah, like that's it. You're either gonna you're literally gonna gonna die on the spot, or they're going to take you into custody and try and rehabilitate you to to make you a a safe and trouble free citizen again. But either one of them sounds very dire. If you, or especially yeah, especially eliminated because the way you get eliminated, holy shit! <laughs> oh no, it's. It's cool, like, but it's, it's yeah, it's holy shit, but it's also cool. But like, I love that, like the so like the the public safety bureau is basically the police, but it's like they're very much like everything has to be beautiful and calm and happy and etc. Even to like the little um, robots that they've got um, as kind of crowd crowd control have these giant heads with giant beautiful eyes and they're smiling. Mm -hmm. They make you feel so good, but they're going stand back because there's something happening here and you shouldn't mm -hmm. be here. But it's just in such a joyous way, and that, I think that was a beautiful like stylistic choice to just show that, you know, that's, we, we just, we're, it is such a plastic future that we're kind of stepping into, but 
that's hiding something behind it. And that's and I, th- I don't think they ever delve into the the actual pretty part of it. This is all about the the gritty underworld, um, dystopian future. And so, and the the interesting part about the psychopath level, which they which they talk about pretty pretty soon, is that not only can it go up and it gets to a like a teetering point where you become a latent criminal and then you become and become a certain criminal and then it goes from what was it uh, paralyzed to paralyzing to elimination, but it can also go back the other way. So like, at what point like do we and but there's never the talk of oh let's let's just let, let's just wait until it goes down again. It's like these robots and because it's it's either it's like ones and zeros, black and white. If you are at a point where you can be paralyzed, we will paralyze you. If you're at a point that you'll be eliminated, we will eliminate you. And but then as the episode goes on, it it comes to the past that you can go back the other way if mm. if you like if you talked if 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 you've spoken too calmly and all that kind of stuff and that's where Sudamori sort of comes in it she's sort of the moral compass of the, of yes. the show where she's sort of saying hey it's not all black and white these people are the psychopath readings really high due to the high stress of the situation like like the, the the premise of this first episode is that they're trying to hunt down this man who who escaped sort of mid therapy due to his high pass uh, high psychopath reading he's kidnapped this woman in this like run down multi-rise building that's that's still sort of inhabited by the homeless mm. so they're trying to to capture this guy but then due to the stresses of this situation this poor woman that he's taken hostage and you know they he rapes her and he's assaulting her and all this stuff then she becomes a potential threat yeah. but due to no fault of her own like she's just like i'm having the most horrific night of my life here and then they're like you know, we need to now factor her into the equation too, even though it's through none of the things she's done actively. It's 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 yeah, really sad to that, see that your psychopath is not just criminal intent; it's just stress and yeah. like so that that could lead you to be eliminated, which is a, like a really interesting question to throw into into the storyline. Um, I did like uh, when so the thing is like so the so the police or the CID, which they're called, which is the criminal investigation division they have their investigators but as you said earlier they also have the eliminators and this is this is this is a group of um people who who are tested really high on the latent criminal psychopath scale their psychopaths off into the you can be eliminated um level but as part of their rehabilitation they've obviously caught them um they've brought them back in as kind of i kind of felt it was a little bit like like the expendables yeah like these yeah, were, that, they're these just hired were, guns like they're they're, they're the enforcers like it's people on death row almost they're like you know what we'll take some time off your rap sheet or whatever you go in there you do what you got to do don't ask any questions you do what we say and and that's it and it's it's such a weird but great contrast and i love that you mentioned um, the expendables in a way it's, it's got that vibe to it right yeah i had this really kind of cool when, when, when they all stepped out i was like oh no these guys we, these we can kind of kill these guys if we really want to but they're helping us and they're doing all the things that we don't want to do and and they and they would also even say to um, uh, Akane is like, look, we're doing all the bad shit that, that like you that you just have to stand back, and then if we, but then if we overstep the mark, it's, it's your job to pull us back. But we will go as far as we need to go. So I'm really interested to see what where where that goes as well. It goes in some great places. That's all Amazing. I'm going to say. I'm not going to spoil anything. No, no. But uh, yeah, it's it's really cool where they play on that on that sort of moral ambiguity. It's, mm, it's so yeah. fun. And then so once it's once it's once and once it's go time. They give everybody this gun called a Dominator, and, and it comes out of this cool like box slides open and all the lights here and all the, the smoke comes out and these massive guns. I love the design of the guns. Um, they're 
and they um they're guns that if you point it at somebody i you can't use it if you're not authorized to use it so that's fine but if you point it at someone it'll either say nope they're fine so so like the safety's engaged or it, it will test their psychopath score and if it's high enough it, it turns it to paralyze and then if it's over a certain level it's the gun turns into elimination mode and it opens up and all these bits kind of go down and it lights up with all these cool lights and you, then you know that the gun is business time and it's such a cool little idea for a weapon it's it's really great and i like as well that when when that scene is playing out like the that's like the synth track that plays in is is yeah the the dominator case opens up and there's these big massive hand cannons they're picking up and the gun's sort of doing a, a digital handshake with the user and then the the ui of the guns you can see what what Akane's seeing through the through the gun itself as far as what the gun's classifying as a latent criminal or whatever else. So they're, yep. they're synchronizing Psyche almost with this sentient weapon. And then the gun has directional voice that only the user can hear as well. So it is getting almost play-by-play updates of the weapon. So it did remind me of, of some of the guns from, you know, like a cyberpunk and stuff like yeah. that very much so. And it was just so damn cool. Yeah. So um so that was and then then they're kind of on their on their way and um I think Akane is um given someone who seems to be like an older like that they really haven't gone kind of gone in too much into who were the, each of the enforcers at this at this level but I'm kind of getting the vibe that um the one that she is with is he's like a wise and older man who's he's pretty level level headed about the whole situation. He's got a robot hand which is kind of cool. Yeah, and he's like a. He looks like an old grizzled detective. Like he's got the, oh, the yeah. long trench coat. Yeah, yep. but then the 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 synthetic robot arm, which is just you know doesn't even get mentioned at all. Referenced in the first, it's just you know that's that's the world. You know, this is yeah. how we do things. He's kind of like, hey, you can tell us to stand down if you want, and we and we'll and we'll do it and whatever. And so he's he's, he's kind of her guide into, hey, this is this is like a new world. Forget everything you've learned back in the back of the school. This is all like the real world. Just listen, listen to me. But you know, you're kind of in control, but not really. Yeah, he sort of comes in almost as, as that senior that's taking the rookie for the first night on the job. Like he's guiding her through how these things usually play out, what to be looking out for, things to be mindful of, and and just giving her little tips and tricks along the way. He's he's, he's yeah. a good sort of positive influence because some of the other ones there, you know, they are they all are convicts for the most most part, and you know you, you see some of the the sexism and you know oh she's hot let's go with her like I want yeah. her on my team you know they're, yeah. they're looking at her as a bit of eye candy. And, you know, some are a bit wild, a little bit more violent than others and whatever else. But he seems very, he's very straight-laced in comparison to the others. He's, it feels like he was a, a cop back in the day and he got yeah. done for whatever reason and he's, he's now indirectly back in those shoes again. Yeah. So then, and then they go on their, on their mission to, into the, into the slums. And there was something interesting that was mentioned, like, I think earlier in the, in, in the show about that they had to go in because it's an area where the drones couldn't go in, which leads me to believe that, like, that they would send out drones to eliminate or um, paralyze people as well, which is even more on the edge of like just societies run by AI and black or white, and and even sending the crew out is like a half step. If, yeah. if they could just automate the whole thing and it'd be real, real um, lethal and black and white, then they would they would absolutely do that. Yeah, it feels like that's the end goal, right? This is just the stopgap because I can't remember what they were calling. I can't remember if they're calling like receivers or something, but they had been able to, I guess, deploy that tech where the drones would be able to to take over those broader areas. So it is still a manual process where they where they send in where they send in this crew instead. Yeah. Um. 
And then, so our um, protagonist or our villain of this uh, episode, he was, like, like you said, he was someone who's rejected his therapy and gone out on his own. They mentioned something about that maybe he had incompatible drugs, which is a kind of an interesting topic as well, which I hope mm-hmm. that they ex- explore further on. But uh, he's now on the now on the run, and um, he's like you said, kidnapped a young a young woman, and he's keen for the for the for the taste of the touch of real real flesh versus the AI or whatever they 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 would have. So he's about to commit some serious bad bad crimes. We we don't get much of his backstory. Yeah, we get those sort of little little snippets, just enough to sort of I guess paint a, a fuller picture of, of this man and, and why he is the way he is. And yeah, he's 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 very broken. He's very unhinged. And and how much is that? on him as opposed to the society in itself is a, you know, a thing that will be certainly unpacked in future episodes. Like you said, the medication thing, like how much of that played a part in him becoming the way he was in this moment is, is some interesting things to think about. But yeah, there's a bit of a, bit of a chase scene as these, uh, you know, teams from division zero one are canvassing this building to try and track him down He's, he's pretty pretty nifty like he's pretty handy in, in getting in about like he jumps out of like a third story window with his hostage in in tow and, and managed to avoid the the first uh the first sort of crew that's chasing him and then they end up tracking him down in this sort of bottom end almost basement area of this multi-rise complex an industrial part of it there's plenty of vats and stairwells and, and whatever else going on down in in the bottom end and, and that sort of Definitely a seedy aesthetic going on. Oh in that, yeah, in that certainly. Area. It's very dirty, very grimy, very gross. Uh, yeah. But it's just like it—it it adds to just this scene and just this world in so many ways. Uh, the the subdued storytelling just through that environment, yeah, the griminess of it, I think, really just adds some weight to just how messed up it is in the twenty second century, especially in Japan. So uh, they sort of catch this suspect and then they're trying to talk him down, calm him down, and whatever else. But then uh, obviously there's the whole. What severity do you use on the Dominator? Paralyzer mode to try and knock him out and rehabilitate him again? Or what do you do from there? But then something happens very out of out of nowhere that feels like they've sort of calmed him down and they're sort of talking him off the metaphorical ledge. But that's not the case as uh, one of the enforcers just comes out uh, like almost from the grassy knoll and uh, does something very interesting, wouldn't you say? Yeah, well, uh, originally when they when they found him in the middle of the act and the, and like the first team found him, they tried to they tried to paralyze him and they shot him and he didn't take to the paralyzation. He kind of rejected it, which was apparently a big shock to everyone. And then he moved up the chain from. We should probably eliminate this dude. Like his um, psychopath score went up off the cl- off off the cliff, and then he that was when he did his whole jumping out the window and running away and. And um, dragging dra- dragging her away, and then he kind of there's this real kind of like it gets real kind of heavy when like he like he, he there must be handheld scanners for psychopaths testing as well, and like he notices that like like his victims' psychopath score has skyrocketed, so he points it right at her face and, and like challenges her and says, you know, now 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 like you're one of us, like yeah. your your psychopath has gone. We're the same, you know, we're we're both monsters and whatever else he's sort of saying. And this poor woman, she's distraught in this, as you would be, but him trying to further justify the situation by his little, yeah, psychopath scanner on the go, it was was a cool little back and forth in that moment where he's trying to justify why he's feeling things and everything else. And yeah, his his crime coefficient, I think at that time is about like over 120. And hers, show, yeah. hers is about the same, and he's like, "That's normal. We're fine." It's like, no, that's that's bad news, bears. That's there, gonna you're be, in some trouble. It's going to be some shit going down soon. 
Yeah. Nah, so so they they end up coming back together with these with this uh, this couple again. So yeah, Akira and Chika is the is the the female that's that's held hostage. She she's very distraught. She sort of just she just wants to get out of this damn place. But uh, yeah, that does not really play out that way because Shinya comes out of nowhere and <laughs> eliminates this guy and just the the animation where that first point of impact from the bullet getting fired oh, that's the projectile right. <laughs> getting fired from the dominator it hits him like in the arm and the way this gun works it sort of just like expands the flesh internally until you become just this giant i guess explosive ball of, of guts and muck and so you think it's just going to be like a shot and you're just going to get like downed and be felled yeah. but it's like no nah. this guy blows up into a balloon and then just pops and it's just guts and viscera going everywhere and it's just like whoa okay that's how they eliminate these people. Fair enough. I completely forgot about that. And as, as soon as you mentioned, it was like, oh my God, yes. That was such a... Because you're kind of watching it and you go, oh, he's going to fall over. And suddenly his arm gets... It goes Hulk-sized and bubbly and just goes... Boop. It's like, oh, that's a bad way to go. Yeah. It, it would not feel good. It would not feel good because it's visually impactful in all the best twisted ways. And like leading up to that moment before he does get shot, Akira, because he's got the hostage, telling them to, you know, drop their weapons. And so Akane slides her weapon down as well as Masoka um, puts his weapon down as well and, you know, kicks him across. So so he's got this false sense of confidence that he's going to get away now. Yep. But, yeah, out of nowhere, Shinya just comes over the hill and kadoosh from, from the top of some big vat. And, yeah, you just see this guy uh, yeah inflate to the point of explosion and he just is uh, splattered everywhere. <laughs> I like how they've come to that conclusion, like that's the right way to kill these people. Like like instead of a bullet to the right part, it's like, no, no, we're gonna inflate their body part until it explodes because then they can't come back. Yeah, yeah. But but off the back of that, that's what really then tilts tilts Chica, who was the hostage, because they're now trying to calm her down, but she's just mentally just snapped because yes, she's just been through a hell of a night and then her her captor has just exploded all over herself. She's covered all over herself in, in she's covered in Israel. She's covered in his insides with the nail on the outside. She's covered in um, fuel because they knocked over some fuel canisters and so she's sitting in that and the, everyone's trying to calm everyone down and then she just lights her lighter and you think, oh, no, this is going to go from bad, bad to bad, bad, bad. And that's the point where um, Akane has to, like, like she's testing for elimination as well. Like the, everyone's everyone's angry and everyone's pointing a, pointing a gun at her and, Kane, the new recruit who knows nothing, starts to talk calmly to her, and then she so she drops back down from elimination to paralyzation, which, and um, but then even then, like Akane doesn't 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 want that to happen. You know, she's like, hasn't she been through enough tonight? Surely we can take her in by not paralyzing her and doing all that kind of stuff. And then um, again from and then um, who is it? Who he he steps up? The guy at the oh, start. Kagami. Kagami steps up, and he's. He pulls out his gun and he's ready to um, paralyze her and take her in. And uh, Akane ends up paralyzing him. It felt like it's one of those times. It's like the first time she's ever shot this thing. Yeah, you know, she's, uh, she's like gone through the training. She knows how it works, but it's the first time she's ever had to point it at someone and pull pull the pull the trigger on it. Yeah, it was, it was a really cool cool scene because it was just escalating and escalating and escalating. Like this poor Chica, who's yeah just emotionally destroyed 
sitting there with the lighter. She's panicking. She's just seen what's happened to, um, just seen what happened to Akura as far as he got exploded into oblivion. Yeah. So she's naturally thinking, I'm next because this guy's just been saying we're the same person. I'm now going to get turned into blood dust and everything else in between. Uh, Akane is talking her down, manages to get her to drop the lighter and feels like we're going to have a nice moment where, yes, this this woman, she's a victim of the crime. She ain't the criminal, but it doesn't really play out that way because, yeah, Kagami's dominator uh, pops into lethal mode and, yeah, mm. he's about to turn her into a big balloon of death as well. But, yeah, Akane knocks him out. But then out of nowhere, Sunomura, who's sort of the, the police captain, appears out of nowhere shoots shoots uh chica with the paralyzer mode knocks her out instantly and you can see he's pretty pissed he's like you know i don't want a full report of the handling of this mission how did this how did this play out the way it ended up and that's sort of where the the episode rolls credits on that first one we get this big crescendo of blood and guts and stress and violence and poor old akane is just stuck right in the middle of it going like you know this is morally wrong i've done the right thing but it feels like she's in the shit here yeah, pretty much ends with uh, her her superior going, I hope you can explain yourself. To and then it's like, it's done. And it's like, oh, yeah, I really want to see what she does. Yeah, it ends like on a great leaving. cliffhanger. Like it ends on a big, big moment. It feels like, like after watching it, I really felt like they'd told me so much, but also just scratched the surface of what this thing is going to be. Like they've, they've done a whole bunch of really clever exposition, showed me this thing up the front that made no sense to what I just watched for the rest of the thing, explained to me, like, basically just set it up. And there's, like, not, kind of not a lot happens, but so much, you get so much information at every single point. There's almost not a wasted frame or a wasted moment in this, in this episode because there's so much to get through. Completely agree. Like, the 20-odd the minutes that the episode runs for is just jam-packed with with little moments and little breadcrumbs to follow and, and, and look forward to, to having more of in future episodes. And I think my favorite line that really sort of set the tone early in the show was was right near the jump where uh, they're sort of saying, you know, the best way to track a beast is with a beast. And that was sort of the introduction oh, yeah. of the enforcers. I'm like, yes, this is, this is cool. Yes. This is some real hunter versus hunted type of mentality here. But overall, the, the tone is great. What did you think? Like, as far as the animation, the soundtrack, the narrative, it was that first episode, well, you said you're going to keep watching, but it really hooked you in the right ways? Yeah, it did. And it's one of those things, I think, like we were talking before we came on air about, like, I, I love animation that does stuff that you can't do in movies. And I think, mm -hmm. but I think, like, a lot of this stuff could be done in a movie until you get to the Dominator gun and the exploding arm thing. And it's like, that's the bit that you go, oh, okay, yes, we're watching an anime. And it's like, that's like, like that's that really exciting part where it's like, you don't expect it because you, they, they almost weirdly, they lull you into this fault, like into this world of like, no, it's, we're just telling you a story. And it's, it's, it's kind of talky, talky heads and drama and crime and et cetera. And then someone's arm grows and explodes because of this gun that can change. And you go, oh, okay, now that's the craziness I want. I just want a little bit of it and it has to be there. Yeah. It's stealing, seeing a line from Masoka on that. Like when he's talking to Akane, the line, like not only that he says to her, but I guess it's a nice way to, to sort of put a bow on this show as well as he yep. says, be prepared to be unprepared. And that's like, that's yeah. this show. Like yep. you feel like you've got a good read on, on the tone and the pacing and this world. And then something like the dominator in lethal mode goes off and you're like, Oh, Okay. There's, there's a lot more to this that I was not expecting. What is the next big shock? What is the next big 
metaphorical body explosion that's going to come my way in these uh, in these three seasons. Because yeah, you got yeah. a you got a lot of psychopaths to consume. Uh, should you choose, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I quickly jumped on the Wikipedia page and it's like I just expected it to be a one-off series or something. It's like, oh no, there's so much. It's so old and so much, and I haven't amazed I haven't heard of it before. But really interested in getting into it. It's it's one of those things. Like I love a cyberpunk dystopian futury type theme of a thing, and this is definitely right right in that alley. Yeah, it isn't as crazy as Edge Runners, but it's definitely it's definitely more in the Blade Runner side of it. Yeah, it's a bit more subdued. It's the mm. the pacing's a little slower. It's not balls to the wall like Edge Runners is just about every single frame. But this yes. is it gives a lot more time for the world to to breathe and marinate in that story to just sort of play out um, in some more subtle type storytelling and, and interactions. But it's it's great. The cast of characters you'll meet along the way is really great, and getting some of the backstories as far as how the enforcers came to be enforcers and learning more about Akane. Yeah. Even just seeing the world get built out in general, seeing how some of the, the reliance on tech and how it's just utilized in the day-to-day lives is really cool. Like there's some really good moments in the following episodes in season one that I think will really uh, you know tickle that pickle and get you very excited oh, great. to uh, check the yeah. rest of it out for sure. Because there's even one of the enforcers that she doesn't ever mention, says, she doesn't say one word or doesn't do anything. I'm like, who are you? Mm. What's your story? Are we going to learn about you? Yeah. The good thing is, yeah, every character gets enough time to to have some type of validation as to why they're there or, or how, how they, they came to be in this world. So it's it's really well done. It's yep. interesting because this this didn't sort of start as a manga. This this started as the anime form and then they wrote some, right. some manga and novels off the back of the success of this. So it's kind of cool that it's the script has flipped a little bit as far as how most anime comes to be. So this was just done as a bit of a, a, a love letter from Mamoru Oshii and, and yep. what he's done with you know Ghost in the Shell and, and some of those favorites of yours. They wanted to try and uh, pay a bit of homage to him and I think they did that Absolutely. with this show. Have, have you got a favorite or most memorable scene uh, from episode one? Um, no. Well, the thing that I... Weirdly, I've got in my head is like the, the staircase at the start in the, in the intro, and um, you got uh, Shib- Shib- I, yeah, I'm really Shinya, bad with Shinya name. Kagami, Shinya Kagami down the down the bottom, and he's kind of all ready to go like fight, and then the other guy who's I I feel like must be one of the main protagonists of the whole series, or we learn about him later maybe, but he's coming down the stairs, and, and that face off, it's like I want to get back to that in this episode. Like I'm I'm watching this to get back. I feel like that. I, that could have been a past thing, but I want that to be the future thing. I want to see if we get there. I'm not going to confirm nor deny anything there, but uh, there there will be more of that explained in, in the future episodes. It wasn't just a one and done, nothing open. It, it does tie into the, the greater world and, and Shinya's story. Because then he's a robot man and there's so many questions. Uh, at the end of a lot of episodes, you'll probably leave them with more questions than answers, but I like yep. that. Like the... The pacing of which this this world is unfolding and those plot points coming to be in those resolutions, it's done at a really, really good speed. At least for me, I thought it was paced really, really well across the 40-odd episodes. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for recommending it. Hey, anytime. Um, any 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 negative, any bad that uh, sort of stuck uh, out to you in this first episode? Anything that uh, sort of rubbed you the wrong way a little bit? Not really. No, I really... like Again, like, there was so, like I said, there was no wasted frames in there like they had a lot to do and there's a lot to explain in a in one episode to, just to get you enough information to carry on and i guess probably that's the only negative in it like i, I don't really feel like they 
and of course it's first episode, so it's impossible to do, but they didn't really delve into too much of the stories, but they gave me enough that I'm, I'm like, I want to know about everybody who I've seen. They, they certainly load you up in that first episode. They throw yes. a lot of different potential uh, story arcs that, that you'd be encountering and experiencing over the coming episodes. But yeah, they don't overwhelm you enough to the point of, of losing losing your, your point in where this world is or what they're trying to achieve. It gives you enough to go, okay, so that's how this connects and this character is going to probably fall into this role and this is how Dominators play in within forces and this is the the moral compass and the grayness that this world's going to be focusing on pretty pretty substantially and it's just i think it's enough to give you like it, it's not a complete picture but it feels complete enough to understand what the world of soccer pass is yes um yeah like yeah it's it feels like it's, it's very contained it's it's packed and contained and i urge everyone to go and watch it because it's 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 just real cool it's so good like it's it's an 11 ish year old anime now but the animation style holds up is that really, old really well yeah it came out in 2012 wow Okay. Yeah. So it's it's been out a while. Uh, they're working on another movie at the moment that they're planning on in the psychopath world. Psychopath world that'll be out sometime in the near future. But that's it. Outside of the three mainline seasons of the anime, yeah, they've got a few few films, a couple of uh, couple of novels and things as well. But yeah, they've done two movies and this third one is on the way but they haven't got a, a date anywhere near confirmed on it yet but yeah it's it's a world yeah. that they're continuing to to farm out and, and continue to build on great and as you said i think earlier it's like the world ha- of, of anime has changed since i stopped watching and since i've picked it back up so it's it's almost daunting again but i'm really glad there's a couple of little things i'm finding my way into it's very good to have you back in this world it's it's a fun world filled with all kinds of uh Good, bad, and otherwise, and uh, yeah, there's something for everybody out there. But uh, what's what's your what's your closing line? What's your final thoughts on Psychopass? Uh, Psychopass is a dystopian world. It's, it's 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 a story set in a dystopian world that I love to watch, but I hope that we never get to. I love that. I'm the same. Yeah, please please never end up here. At least in our lifetimes, if if we're if yeah. we're not here, it's one less thing I to worry about. That's for sure. But yeah, not anywhere soon, please. Please, please, please make these as more of warnings than um, a prophecy, please. I don't want to have my arm exploded. No, but maybe if it's a subdued explosion, you could then have a cool robot arm. Oh, yeah. Like the, like the, inspector. maybe he had his arm exploded. I'm not going oh, to say no. anything. I have to watch it now. I'm I am not going to say anything. I didn't even make the connection. Yeah. Robot appendages would be sick. Oh, yeah. And then we head into Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and then it just goes on from there. That's it. That's it. I've watched enough Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I've played enough Cyberpunk and Deus Ex to know that a lot of those augmentations can lead to bad things. So uh, mm-hmm. everything in moderation, listeners. Cool things, but bad things. Yeah, cool whether it be things. augmentations or other kinds of things, just be careful. Everything in moderation. But yeah, that brings us to the end of another episode of More Than a Hentai, an anime appreciation podcast where we unpacked the first episode of Psychopaths known as Crime Coefficient. It is available for listeners on Crunchyroll, all three seasons, as well as the films are on there. You can hunt down the light novels and the video games elsewhere also. But David, thank you so much for stopping on by and riffing some Psychopaths with me. It's been an absolute pleasure let the listeners know where they can find you and all your fantastic content on them socials. Uh, they can find my random assortment of contents 
Uh, you can just follow me on Mr. Shack on pretty much everything. M-I-S-T-E-R-S-C-H-A-A-K. Um, it's, um, I'll be streaming some stuff on Twitch, doing some, I'll be eating pastries and lifting things on Instagram and just doing a bunch of nerd stuff. I've got some ideas for a podcast going forward. So there'll be, there'll be definitely some, some more from me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hopefully looking forward to maybe getting down to Melbourne for PAX this year. So maybe we can have a chat in person. Definitely. And I can take you for some of the best pastries you'll ever find. I'll take yes. you to Loon, which is one of oh, my favorite right. places. Obviously, they've, they've got them all over the place. But we've got a Loon in we got a Loon in Brisbane and I keep forgetting I had it that. three times last week. It's so good. They they are god tier as far as oh, the pastry absolutely. game. And if you and if you want to talk about obsessive um insights into things like uh Kate Kate Reed who runs Loon is the absolute obsessive compulsive um, she has a has a history in Williams Formula One aerospace design, and then has moved that into um, the creation of pastries. It's so great, yeah, listeners. If if you're hunting for a good pastry, do yourselves a favor and and search Loon L U N E. I don't know where else they're based. I know we've got we've got two, maybe three here in Melbourne now, yeah. up in Brisbane. So they are slowly but surely taking over Australia and hopefully soon the world because uh, yeah, those pastries are game changes it is so delectable and delicious and just mm, so yummy but yeah listeners thanks as always for stopping on by be sure to rate review subscribe this podcast as well as all the other podcasts you're listening to whether they're 8-bit related or just in your general listening rotation because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts takes no time costs no money and means the absolute world to us same goes with those people you're watching on streaming platforms just be sure to chuck them a follow and if you can chuck them a sub because those are dollars and follows keep us all track and keep us all relevant and all that good stuff but uh yeah that brings us to the end of another episode of more than hentai be sure to follow myself at brendan 8-bit be sure to follow david at mr shark as well as 8-bit as a whole at we are 8-bit but until next time whether your anime be dubbed subbed or still yet to come enjoy yourself Stay hungry. Much love to all those fantastic wifers out there.